Football Fan Show, joined as always by Carlos. Pleasure to have you on the show. Good to see you. Hi there, nice to see you. Good, good, good. So, FA Cup, here we are. Uh, the draw's been done, but uh, we can talk about some of the results that have already happened. Right now, being played is Stockport West Ham. Um, so, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but uh, let's talk about some of the games. Let, let's talk about your team, first of all. Fulham against QPR. What was that about? <laughs> well, it went to extra time. Yeah. And I wasn't able to see it here. Okay. Uh, here in Spain. But uh, my friends uh, tell me that it was awful. Yeah. It was really, really bad. A dreadful match. Um, but in extra time, apparently, uh, Fulham were a bit better. Um, scored two very nice goals. Yeah. But that's probably all we did in the whole match. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so now my friends tell me we've got Burnley. Yeah, you have. And uh, and if we come through that, we've got the winner of Bournemouth and Crawley. So um, yeah, yeah. you never know. We could go out to Crawley. <laughs> Indeed. I think at home against Burnley, though, that's, that's a good chance, isn't it? That's a good chance, yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the next, the following round would also be at home, I think. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, um, I'm having a look at it now. Um, yeah, I can't see it. Oh, yeah, Fulham Burnley, but I haven't put the next round down. I haven't put the fifth round in at the moment. But um, yeah. yeah, well, I was uh, at the final, the only time that Fulham ever got there. All oh, right, okay. I went there. Yeah, that was in 1975 when um, when we played West Ham, yeah. and unfortunately lost. True oh. to our DNA, <laughs> we lost. <laughs> and <laughs> as a 13 year old boy at the time, I left Wembley Stadium in tears. Okay, oh, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it wouldn't happen to me because I I know what to expect. Okay, uh, thank you, Elias, for coming on, and uh, we appreciate that. Um, so, thank you. I don't actually know what that means. Alva Galarraga. Do you know what that means? No. No. Okay. <laughs> well, nice, nice to have you on the show. Anyway, good good to join us. So. Hello there. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, well, we'll just talk, like to talk about uh, some of the notable games that happened. So uh, let's let's uh, go through some of them. So let's talk about Arsenal as well. So Arsenal, um, same situation as Fulham, really. Uh, we, we were quite poor at the start. And then, um, you know, we basically got better as we went into extra time. Uh, finished 2-0, uh, same situation. Uh, quite interesting one as well because... Um, we the man who scored the first goal nearly got sent off so yeah it was it was a bizarre one uh, but i think for us the fact of the matter was that the second team are useless <laughs> <They're> useful. <laughs> they are um so i mean uh, did you see any of the game i saw yes i saw most of it um i thought uh the 90 minutes was uh even and i thought either team could have won um, Newcastle did have a, a very, very clear chance through um, uh, Carroll, yeah, yeah. which he put wide. Um, but um, but I thought in extra time, Arsenal stepped up a gear and they yeah. looked comfortable. They did look comfortable. Yeah. Um, the goals were, were the nice. First team playing. They were the first team playing, right? Yeah. All the, all the people came on, the, the Sackers, the Smith Row and, and, and the rest of it. Well, only recently first team, Smithrow, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the way these things happen sometimes. You just come across um, a new star, and when you don't expect a player to become important, he does. Yeah, absolutely. Because Willock and uh, Reese Nelson have been playing and had loads of chances and not taken them, and uh, Smithrow just comes in and, and smashes it. So, you know, you take your chances when they come. So that's all good. Um, so looking down the list, we've got uh, Chelsea. Chelsea won 4-0 against Morecambe. Not much really to say about that. Apart from, I suppose, uh, Werner scored a goal. but um, And also Kai Havertz. Uh, but well, what, what do you make of these guys? I mean, obviously, let, let's take in context. It was Morecambe, okay? Um, there was a lot of celebration about obviously Werner scoring, but what was your thoughts on the matter? I think the important thing uh, was that Kai Havertz scored mm. because he uh, he's been looking out of sorts. Yeah, uh, Timo Werner 
started very well this season, yeah. but has dropped off. Uh, his confidence seemed to have gone. Yeah. So for a goal scorer to uh, score again, it doesn't matter against who, yeah. um, is very important because that allows the player to uh, regain his confidence and yeah. to maybe rediscover his form. Uh, with regards to Chelsea, I think that um, if Lampard is sacked, I think the uh, board or the owner or whoever it is that makes the decisions at that strange club um, <laughs> uh, will be overreacting. Yeah. Because, yes, people will say they've spent so much, they need to do well, they need to challenge. I don't believe that to be so. I think that when you spend a lot of money and and uh, build a new team, you need to be given time. I mm. think it's unfair to expect Chelsea to challenge for the title this season. Yeah. If if they if they do, which it looks like they're not going to, fine. You know they'll be ahead of the game. But I think, in all fairness, you've got to believe that um, it's going to take time for that team to gel. And uh, maybe next season they will be serious title contenders. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it'd be, it'd be not uncommon or even surprise us if um, Lampard gets sacked because they've done it before many a time. But you know, like you said, you know, for us, the fans, I think it's unfair that a guy doesn't get his, his fair chance at the title. And it takes time. Uh, look at you know, you have to look around. You know, Arteta's mucked about a bit and he's found the right team, right mix. Uh, Ole has been at the wheel <laughs> in Man United for a while and uh, you know, he's slowly but surely getting the right team, so it takes time. Well, I think with uh, regards to Lampard, I think he's earned um, enough credit to uh, be given time. One, because he's Frank Lampard, <laughs> who is very important to Chelsea, he's yeah. not just anyone who's come in, yeah. Um, and also because I think that last season with um, the transfer ban and the use of uh, several younger players, he did very, very well. Yeah. So that shows that he's got it in him. That shows that he knows what he's doing. The only reason why Chelsea are struggling now is because it, it's taking longer for the new players to gel. No. That's what I believe, and uh, and I do think that given time, Lampard will get it right. Yeah, no, well, you know, hundred percent back that up. So, um, looking at some of the other the other the, uh, things that happened. So, um, about the Tottenham game, what, what's your thoughts on that? So, uh, Tottenham were playing Marine. That was a big game for Marine. Uh, there's even pictures on the internet of people looking through their back garden and seeing Gareth Bale and stuff. Uh, Marine, very small club. They're amazing that they got to the third round, right? Um, they're basically people who don't play football full-time against the stars who get paid hundreds of thousands of pounds. Well, that was the biggest ever gap between two teams in the history of the competition. Mm. Tottenham, uh, what are they now? Fifth, sixth in the Premier League? And, yeah, yeah. Um, and Marine are um, sixth in the Northern uh, League Division One. Right. So that's eight divisions below. I, I worked it out, 162 places below Tottenham. Wow. Incredible. And uh, to be honest, even though a Marine uh, did their best and they held out for 20-odd minutes, oh. um, in the end, obviously, um, the difference was too big between the two sides. Oh. Uh, Marine made errors that are typical of amateurs or part-time players especially in the uh, second and third goals. And uh, and Tottenham really walked it. And I do think that Tottenham eased off in the second half because they didn't want to embarrass their opponents. And I, if, if that's what they did, I think they did the right thing because Marine did not deserve to be embarrassed by uh, the aristocracy of uh, English football. Yeah. Um, and, um, and you must give Marine credit because they knocked out Colchester. They, they knocked out a league... Uh, two side, hmm. which is four divisions above where Marine are. So that, you know, you've got to give them credit for that. that, that yeah, that absolutely. Was, that was fantastic. So I, I think they did a, a wonderful job. I don't think the 5-0 uh, should um, sadden them at all. Hmm. I think they should be very, very proud 
Yeah, oh, by the way, Gareth Bale um, was unable to score against the <laughs> Marine and uh, didn't actually look very good. No, I, I, and it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they, I mean, he, he may be selling shirts. So that's the only reason why he's probably not going home uh, this uh, transfer window. But uh, will he really stay in the summer? I don't know. I doubt it. I, no, no, I doubt it. By the way, uh, there was a, a moment in the match, I, I think it was 5-0 at the time, I think Spurs had scored their fifth goal. Yeah. And there was a free kick not far from the uh, penalty area. And yeah. I thought to myself, surely playing against part-timers, winning 5-0, you're not going to have a pop-up goal, are you? <laughs> <laughs> surely you're not going to do that. You know, that, uh, I mean, you've got to be, you, you've got to show some class. Yeah. Uh, but he had a pop-up goal. He had a pop-up yeah. goal. And... Um, and it was awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing about Gareth Bale is that now he's literally riding off his name of what he mm. used to do back in the day. Um, and now he re he's suddenly realising that the depth and the youth of today are, are going to play their way and they're going to leave him behind. Also, as well, he's probably desperate not to go back to Real Madrid just as much as Zinedine Zidane doesn't want him to come back <laughs> and all the other players. I'm not sure that he doesn't want to come back because he's very comfortable here. He's very comfortable. He doesn't need to play, uh, which doesn't seem to worry him. He's generally got good weather, even though we're under uh, about six inches of snow at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plays golf, lives the, lives a very comfortable life. Um, problem free. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure that he wouldn't uh, enjoy coming back in the same way as I think that he was having a good time uh, these past few years when he wasn't really playing much football. Yeah, that's true. And I'm sure as well, just so everyone knows, uh, Carlos is in Spain. So just if there's any clarification needed. But also as well, I would have thought that his children are probably settled at school or, or whatever they're doing there. So to come back to a cold, wet country... <laughs> uh, where the uh, the chances of playing are limited and the pressure to stay or go is very different, obviously, the Spanish situation, because obviously he's still got a contract with them, right? He's not on loan. So um, it makes sense for him to go back and enjoy his, his final years of making good money there and then maybe go Middle East or wherever. One thing I don't know, and uh, I'd like to know your opinion, is has he really lost it as a footballer or... Is he just not interested? And that's the reason why he's not performing at uh, the same level as he was before. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. I think it definitely psychologically he's he's switched off. He's, he's, he's left the uh, the mothership, so to speak. He's, he's not interested in playing football. He's interested in making the money. And unfortunately, that's what happens when, to a lot of players, when they kind of come to the kind of final years of their contract, they ease off. Uh, unconsciously, look at Matzo Ozil when he first came to Arsenal, he was really giving it a go, and then he just started to ease off, ease off, ease off. And then, as soon as he got his new contract, he has he never really played as well as he did when he first turned up. And then, from there on, and he's just sitting out now, his final months of his contract. Um, I think for uh, Bale, that ultimately he knows that this is his last chance at the top, and he's not being given the chance to go for it. So he just kind of switched off. I think physically, he's probably in good condition, but not at peak condition. There's a massive difference in someone like him and Cavani, who's training hard, didn't have a club, always going for it, making it happen, um, and really pushing his body. Bale's probably been sitting, like I said, playing golf or chilling out the swimming pool. And that, that's the difference. That's the, the mental side of it. So I don't think he, he could ever reach those heights again, but... I think it's mainly in his head. Also, you need to be playing football. Uh, yeah. I think there there are two levels of fitness. One, the fitness you can achieve through training. And two, the level that you achieve through training and playing matches. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he might have the first, but he doesn't seem to have the second. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I agree. And I think it's the same with all elite athletes. You know, bra the brain muscle needs that repetition repetition and if you stop doing that repetition then you lose something no matter which way you look at it whether you're young or old 
Um, you know, like we've talked about a bit about tennis. Um, I play a bit of tennis. Obviously, we're on lockdown at the moment. I haven't played tennis for a little while. I guarantee if I come back, I wouldn't be able to play as well as I used to. Um, just because you're not playing. So no matter how fit you stay, if you're not playing, you're not playing. So you can't stay sharp. So it's one of those things. But uh, anyway, so we've looked at some of the games. Obviously, Man City uh, did well and Liverpool obviously beat Villa. So we don't need to get into that. But let's look at the draw, okay? So looking down the draw, we've got, first of all, yourselves, like you said, against Burnley. How do you feel about that? Being at home, the game, I think we stand a good chance. Uh, if it were played at Turf Moor, I think uh, we'd be out. We never win at Burnley. Okay. I mean, for us, going to Burnley is like playing Barcelona away. Okay. <laughs> we just lose consistently. Match after match, we lose at Turf Moor. So, um, so yes, the fact that it's at home gives us a, a chance. I think I think we should win. Okay. Obviously, anything we say about the fourth round now uh, depends on how seriously the teams take these matches and what type of teams they um, put out. Because um, if if uh, if we use a lot of reserves, second choice players, because maybe our league position is getting worse, then uh, then no, we, we probably won't beat Burnley. But um, it's going to depend on, on how seriously teams take it. For instance, I, I noticed that Chelsea and Manchester City both had fairly strong teams, more or less their first choice teams um, against, uh, against their opponents, um, against Morecambe and uh, Birmingham. Mm. So... Um, so they seem to be taking it seriously. Yeah, I think that's the situation. Well, but both teams probably want to win cups. Uh, they obviously they want to win the league ultimately, but it really depends on the congestion. You talked about yourselves, and if you look at the situation, yes, you could beat Burnley, but at the same time, there's a congestion with the actual schedule because obviously for yourselves, yeah, your game has been postponed. It may be played on Wednesday actually. Um, because of COVID. COVID plays a part in all of this, doesn't it? Well, you know that Tottenham's match against Aston Villa has been called off on Wednesday. Yeah. And they've rescheduled the Tottenham-Fulham. Yeah. Which means that we would have played extra time on Sunday and we have to play on Wednesday. And then we were due to play Chelsea on Friday, which would have meant just having Thursday as a day of rest. But that's been rescheduled as well. And it's been put back to Saturday, but it's still quite a demanding. Oh yeah, um, week isn't it for uh, for a team like Fulham? So we we would have played the uh, FA Cup third round with extra time on Sunday. We're playing Tottenham on Wednesday and Chelsea on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, this is going to happen throughout the season. I think we're we're when just coming to the halfway point, but as each team and each club struggles to contain the virus uh, it, it it will continue to happen throughout so some will some will win, benefit from it and some won't you know tottenham have been complaining about the situation um but you know it's it's you know like i said i think it'll balance out i think everyone will have matches cancelled so it's one of those things but anyway, getting back to the draw so um everton sheffield wednesday yeah that's all good um, uh, but that, oh, that's uh, a, a rerun of the 1966 final. Okay, <laughs> Everton Sheffield Wednesday, uh, when Sheffield Wednesday took a two nil lead, and yeah. Everton won three two. Oh wow! Okay, wow, that was, must have been an exciting game. Yeah. That's brilliant. yeah, we expect Angelotti to do well though, because Angelotti does well. He's won it before as a, as a Chelsea manager. Um, I expect him to field a fairly strong side for that. Um, but looking down the list, uh, I don't know why they haven't put it, but we'll either be playing to be decided. So that's between Southampton and, um, I forget the other team now, but yeah, Southampton potentially, or um, I forget the other team. But yeah, we, we're just waiting for that game to be played. Um, and then down the line, though, the big one, though, is Manchester United against Liverpool. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw that's, it. I saw yeah. the draw happening. And that's the game. That's on obviously end of the month, uh, well, twenty second of January. But um, 
Look, that's that's pretty intense. I bet they weren't happy with Crouchy when they saw that. <laughs> the <people laughs> Crouch was doing it. He wasn't actually mixing it that much, but obviously he's pulling them out randomly. Isn't it wonderful uh, that the FA Cup allows this to happen so early in the competition, whereas the Champions League is is so directed, so that it's impossible for that to happen. Uh, a free and open draw is the best thing possible, I think. Uh, because it adds to the excitement. Yeah. It also allows smaller teams to have a chance because if big teams face each other, there's yeah. less chance that you will face a big opponent who might put you out. Yeah, absolutely. No, it does. It, it is good for something. And something can have a great run. We've seen, we've seen it many times before. Um, but yeah, like you said, an open draw helps massively. So yeah, two giants of the game playing each other. Um, there's obviously been some other draws which are fairly, you would have thought, straightforward. Chelsea against What do you think? What do you think Man U and Liverpool will do? Will they put their first choice teams out? I think Manchester United will. I think Manchester United will. I don't, I don't know if, um, if Liverpool will because they want to win the league. So we'll see. But I, I definitely think Manchester United will. I think Manchester United at home, it's, they probably know that they're not going to win the league. So, oh, I don't think I don't think they they believe that. I think they believe they're in with a shout. Yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously yeah. we've talked about many times that they could potentially win the league. But I, I do think at home. I mean, the most teams when they're at home always put their strongest team out, don't they? Uh, it depends. In the FA Cup, it's it's become like the League Cup, hasn't it? Where um, sometimes players uh, teams prefer to reserve their stronger players. And give them a rest. I think that because of the opponent, both Liverpool and Man U will play their first choice teams. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, we'll obviously we'll see. I think I think it depends on a lot, obviously, an injury schedule, the rest of it. But yeah, I mean, for those type of games, you don't really maybe one or two players, but you don't really want to lose it, especially especially if you're at home. Man United, gosh, if they lose that, they'll be they'll be some feathers and yeah <laughs> there'll be some upset people so and we'll see what happens but uh, that, i think i think overall it, it looks quite a good situation some teams obviously benefited from the situation like you said open draw wickham against tottenham and and, and it goes on um so no yeah, fair enough to them it's good so tottenham are actually uh riding their luck a bit aren't they because oh, yeah. they got i mean how often do you get brentford in the semi-final of a cup Crazy. And then they got Marine, and now they've got Wickham. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those years, isn't it? Um, but yeah. that's well, it, like all years end in one is when yeah. they win titles, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. I think uh, the League Cup is going to be difficult unless Man City has some serious injuries. Uh, that final Man City are looking... Well, impressive. But yeah, I mean, look, we, we you know, all balances out. Quarterfinals for me is when the real fun starts because usually then it's only Premier League teams left, uh, maybe a championship side. But, you know, when was the last time uh, there was a, a semi final with a, you know, League One or League Two team or below? It just doesn't happen, does it? I mean, championship sides squeeze in the here and there. But, you know, the standard's too high. So, yeah, let's see what happens with Tottenham. That's we never question. know. I think um, no third-tier side has ever gone beyond the semi-finals, as far as I know. Uh, they have in the League Cup. Yeah, the League Cup. Yeah, they have. And yeah. the League Cup, uh, Swindon Town beat Arsenal in 1969, being a third-division team. <laughs> <Always> Arsenal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the FA Cup, I remember Crystal Palace playing a semi-final. Okay. as a third division team with Malcolm Allison as their manager. Okay. Uh, and I believe that no fourth tier team has ever got to the semis. Um, I think the sixth round is the furthest they've ever got. In the same way as the fifth round is the furthest that any non-league side has ever got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the, the, uh, any team that gets anywhere who are part-timers, who don't have the fitness regime and, and the time because uh, they've got normal jobs, uh, fair play to them, and, and it's great. And, you know, these kind of uh, rounds, when they get through them, mean so much to these clubs. Uh, I remember listening to the guy who used to be in charge of Lincoln City. He said that just getting uh, through a few rounds 
they were able to build a new training ground from the money they made. I think they made one million from one of the matches they played, and uh, uh, it's important. So whilst the the importance to the big clubs of winning the cup is not as important as it used to be, the money that's generated, uh, and obviously COVID has, has kind of stifled some of it, but they obviously you can get a virtual ticket even though you're not there. Um, yeah, I was going to say, you know that Marine did that. They yeah. sold virtual tickets, and they made much more than they would have done had uh, we not yeah. had COVID and had they uh, been able to have their uh, supporters attending the match. Oh, really? uh, th- oh yeah, yeah. I think their um, capacity is 3,000, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. And um, so they would have just been able to obviously sell 3,000 tickets. But um, apparently they sold uh, 30,000 virtual tickets. Wow. At a, at a tenner each. Oh, my God. Wow. And that, I heard this morning, is going to sort them out for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course it will. Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Well, I applaud that. That's brilliant. Mm. Um, that, I suppose that may be the future, then, of, of some of these f- football uh, situations, especially the smaller clubs, where you can have people in the ground, but you can also ask people to support the club, you know, for ten. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a donation, isn't it? Yeah, it's a donation, mm. and, and, and rightly so, especially if they've got big games like they've played, obviously, against Tottenham. Um, so, yeah, no, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm really happy for them. Um, so, looking at the situation, moving on from the FA Cup to the situation we just we alluded to about coronavirus. So, it's all kicking off at the moment because at the end of the day, there's supposed to be specific guidelines in place. And we've seen so many things happening. So, first of all, uh, we've seen the Crawley Town and Chorley uh, all celebrating they're supposed to be socially distancing from each other that's obviously not happening by any stretch of imagination all celebrating with all kinds of stuff we've heard about all kinds of scenarios happening with um uh celtic uh they've actually had to postpone some games uh because of their training uh they went abroad and then even the women's game there's been quite a lot of that going on um they're supposed to be um <laughs> so stipulations and protocols in place uh, at the moment, I've looked at it, more than 60 games in England has been called off this season. Um, and you alluded to one, obviously, of Aston Villa. So, first of all, should football be cancelled? What's your thoughts on that? I think football shouldn't have restarted. We were talking about this in the summer. Yeah. Uh, because uh, for two reasons. Uh, one, um, if other um, activities are being halted, for safety reasons, uh, I don't think football should be any different. I don't think it should uh, have any special privileges. Yeah. Uh, now people will say yes, but they were um, taking precautions and the players were being tested. But there's also the moral issue, which is what I've always um, uh, highlighted, because I think that it just gives the wrong message and it does make people relax. Yeah. They will think, well, you know, if these guys can play football then maybe i don't have to look after myself quite as much and let's face it footballers have given a very very poor example yeah um so okay when they restarted football it went well Mm. better than i expected um and they were able to finish the season but now i don't know if it's because of this new strain of the virus that is more contagious uh there seem to be a lot more cases or maybe clubs and players are relaxing we know players are relaxing because yeah, we've seen pictures we've seen pictures. oh yeah yeah i don't know if clubs are as well well for instance um uh qpr allowed um eze their yeah. former player to attend the fuller match now if there are no supporters allowed in the stadium it means no supporters. Mm. It doesn't mean no supporters except for a former player. Yeah. And apparently, now I can't, um, I can't say for sure because I, I, I didn't see him. But uh, apparently, he was not wearing a mask. No, he wasn't wearing a mask. I've said, I've so, been... um, so, so you know, uh, people and clubs seem to be relaxing. Um, maybe something has to be done. Um, yeah, I think I, th- I agree. I think that there's too much relaxation with the amount of breaches that are happening 
with people thinking they can go off to Dubai in the middle of a pandemic when we've got you know a, a serious strain which has caused thousands of deaths especially here in the uk i mean today over 500 but last week we were literally every day over a thousand people dying um you've got to take these things seriously and and I, I'm, I suppose this is the problem i suppose with allowing elite football elite sport to continue people forget that there's a reality out there on the street um you know in the households we're a national lockdown in the uk um so it's i just don't get it i mean what what's the th situation in spain Does that have any uh well there are restrictions uh and that depends on the regions mm. uh depending again on the uh figures that they have of number of infections and uh, deaths mm. um football is continuing right uh but for instance uh where i live all i need to do is go out with a mask uh there's a curfew we have to be indoors by uh 12. oh okay uh that's national if i'm not mistaken but aside from that there isn't much else really going on is, um is getting are we having the, you having the what, same problems we're having here with footballers um no we haven't had any cases of players breaking as far as i can think of right now but other restrictions are uh, bars having to close um uh, in some regions bars have shut down altogether right uh, as i said it depends on the region um but uh, w when it comes to football i think um in the uk it just gives the wrong signal if you're in national lockdown yeah what are teams doing traveling from one end of the country to the other to play a football match yeah um and it's not just the players how many people are involved mm. in the running and the everyday um uh, preparation and uh and and in match uh, for match day uh how many people are involved in that as well yeah uh so i i just think that uh, that again gives the wrong message and one thing i would like to say is that uh i think the punishment generally both by the footballing authorities and by the government uh has not been severe enough mm. to those infringing the rules because for instance um players have been seen partying yeah new year's eve and i think that those players should be banned until the end of the season that'll teach them a lesson yeah <laughs> yeah that would, you, that you're not going to see many more people partying after that if that happens <laughs> to one or two <laughs> i also remember when liverpool won the title do you remember the mass celebrations on the street yeah now before that happened before that happened i think it was the fa who said if you do that we will dock you 10 points and that could cost you the title mm. they did it and nothing happened and at the end of the day the problem is that generally nothing happens there yeah. are no consequences to irresponsible behavior mm. yeah no it's true and i know that uh, today they were talking about tightening things up and making more restrictions but that like you said that the issue is that they have to raise the standard and have to raise it quickly or they should have done it from the start um but on the situation let's look at in the round okay elite sport us as the fans okay if there's no sport you said about no sport being played there's no sport being played doesn't that affect people's mental health don't they need something to kind of bounce off because i i get i get that we should they should have started but i get also as well that on the other side the people need this to you know even tonight there's a game going on um and people may not support stockport or west ham but you know and it's still nil nil but it, it just gives them something a kind of release if they've got something to watch on the on the tv or whatever i mean tell me if i'm wrong uh well uh as far as i'm concerned um this is a pandemic there are people dying yeah therefore um over here again we have people saying oh i need some kind of release i need to go out and i need to enjoy myself mm. hang on you know um this is a serious situation with yeah. people dying your behavior 
is putting other people at risk. Now, if we had all taken this seriously early enough, perhaps we wouldn't be in the position that we are now. But because it's been lax and it's been, well, you know, we'll punish you, but we won't punish you. And because we, you're not allowed to do this, but you can do it anyway. And that's what it's been like. And people have been allowed to get away with whatever they wanted to do. So all this has done is prolonged the situation. And if anything, I think it is now worse than it was last summer. Oh, well, that's out of a doubt. So <laughs> well, what have we done? We strain, so obviously with the new strain, obviously. So what, what have we done, basically, over the last year? We've done nothing. <laughs> if we're worse than we were in the summer, then it just means that we everything we have done has been wrong. And had we been stricter, I understand that... The governments were looking after the economy and people's well-being, financial well-being. Mm. But because this has gone on for longer than probably was necessary, if we had shut down everything for a bit longer, that would have been a financial strain on a lot of people. But then they would have got back to better conditions. Yeah. Whereas now, because the restrictions are still going on, if you look at the losses over that period of time, they are probably bigger than they would have been had lockdown lasted longer in the summer. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Uh, you know, we, we it all started March. We all got back to normal. Well, obviously it varied, but most people got back to normal July August time, um, and then we shut down in the first week of November, and here we are in January. And they're talking about not opening again until spring. So we're talking four months maximum, maybe five uh, in 2020. And we've already, it's already a write off the first three months of the year. So I agree with you on that. And I agree that, you know, it's it's been handled badly. Um, and the, the same with elite football. I think you listen to the managers. The managers are saying the situation confusion. They want clarification. How can there be clarification now? It's January 2021. What happened all of last year when this was going? How can you be asking for clarification? That's a madness, isn't it? I think Steve Bruce is uh, possibly the only one who's come out talking any sense, saying, you know, this is immoral. Let's stop it. Yeah, he said it. Yeah. But yeah, like I, mean, like I said today, Moyes. Heard him before the draw said they wants clarification. I mean, this is crazy. This is crazy talk. But clarification uh, of what? Exactly. Well, obviously, he, he's, he's as much as unconfused uh, as anyone else. But I think yeah. the main thing is that if you need clarification, you need to ask, as opposed to telling the press about it. That's my thoughts on it. Another thing I'd like to say about that, you mentioned earlier the Chorley and the Craw uh, Crawley celebrations. Now, again, the press has been... Um, focusing on that. But I think, again, there is a, a contradiction because these players oh. have supposedly been tested. Yeah, These players are being allowed to mix and enter uh, and, and, and have physical contact on the pitch. So if you have any doubt that they might maybe uh, have the disease and and uh, run the risk of infecting other people uh then they shouldn't be playing yeah if you allow them to play then you allow them to celebrate goals as people were saying today don't hug when you score a goal yeah but you can stand next to someone in a corner mm. or in the wall yeah. for a free kick yeah. so th th there are huge contradictions here Either you are sure that these people can come into contact with each other and therefore play football, or if you're if you're not clear on that, then stop it altogether. Yeah, it's true, and uh, the contradictions are abound. Look, at the end of the day, people are playing football. There's going to be contact. People at the start, like I said, of the of the whole situation last year, very reserved, very restricted. Uh, touching each other off the elbow. Now you watch even the managers; they're all so. Obviously, some of them are still fist bumping, but some of them are literally putting hand like that. This is te different team, different managers. 
you don't know where the other manager's been and vice versa. Yes, there's been testing, but there's a delay and oh, it's just crazy. So I agree with you that, you know, there's contradictions and also people have taken upon themselves to make a decision on how they want to handle the situation. Simple as that. And, and, that, and, it's, and it is left open ultimately to interpretation. Uh, people are interpreting the way they want. Now we appreciate that there's vaccines, but ultimately for pretty much at least half of the year, it's going to be for 75 year olds and over. Uh, it's going to be a long time before it gets to anyone else. And even before that, you think about it, it's going to go to 75 plus and over, and then it's going to drop all the way down to the, the school age people uh, because they're the ones who always congregate together. So they need to be done before everybody else. So those in the middle, <laughs> between 75 and 18 are going to have to wait until basically you know the august september maybe uh so which is majority of the people playing football obviously the vaccine is going to be the solution but we mustn't believe that it's going to happen anytime soon yeah because um what's the population of the uk 60 odd million yeah 58 60 million yeah okay okay um apparently two doses of the vaccine are needed. Therefore, we're talking about 120 million doses that have to be administered. So, you know, that's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in three months. It's not going to happen in six months, is it? No, no, it's definitely not. And, and I know they've got different vaccines and stuff like that, but it's look, look they there's a lot of things that can happen. First of all, through the summer, they're going to do whatever they're doing. And they've got these mass vaccination places. Um, but they've they've said that by September, every adult should have opportunity to get to it. But we know there's always slippage. We always know that the, the, there'd be delays. So maybe not until the tail end of the year. And then we've heard from the main guy in charge that uh, they may do another lockdown next this time next year. Well, September, October time, if it, if it gets bad again. Because ultimately, everyone wouldn't have been vaccinated obviously it'll take a while to get to the point where we're like the flu jab which is ultimately what's going to need a yearly jab so to get through it so it's going to probably be well into 2022 so we'll see what happens but getting back to the football ultimately um i agree with you that it shouldn't have started but people would argue that it should you know we need it for a mental but ultimately it, it affected everybody and we should really take stock of the situation i think no one's really reflected on the situation and thought right is it really worthwhile carrying on forward? Everyone's just gone gung-ho forward because what we all know boils down to money. It was a lot of money. If they, if, they, if they could survive financially without playing the matches and the, and the money from broadcasting, of course they would stop. Of course they would. But they need the money. You know, and it's think, not just the clubs. It's uh, the TV stations. TV stations, everybody. Yeah, everyone. Because they have to honour the contracts they have signed with foreign broadcasters for instance yeah yeah absolutely where they get their money because you know tv companies pay as much as they're paying mm. because they're making a profit you know they're not a charity they're not just handing over money to the clubs they're making a profit and from that profit they're paying the football clubs yeah so it's it we're talking about a chain the football clubs not getting the money if there is no football and the tv companies not getting their money so at the end of the day, this is a uh, financial matter. But should finance um, be the dominant reason as to why football continues? Um, I think that health and people's lives should be more important. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And that's a good place to stop. So um, look, la last quick one we can talk about is transfers. So let's talk about some of the scrap heap people, first of all. Mesut Ozil. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some scrap heap. So, uh, so Mesut Ozil's been kicking around Arsenal, making £350,000 a week. Uh, we've been trying to get rid of him. Apparently, he's owed £7 million, um, and, and he basically wants that. And he said that he's, he's put to us. Arsenal wanted to get rid of him and try and pay him half on him. But he's uh, turned around and said, you can pay me like a loan over three years, which is ridiculous. So, um, do you think he can still do a job? Definitely not for Arsenal. Is obviously we've got Smith Rowe now, but do you think he'd do a job for another club? What I would say, I, 
I would ask you the question. I'm going to turn this around and I'm going to ask you mm. if you were the uh, director of football of any top Premier League club, would you trust Mesut Ozil after what's happened in the last year or so? Well, no, because he's a mercenary and 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 he would want to be paid well. Uh, yeah. I, I think no, and not, but not just paid well. He hasn't he when he's had to play, he hasn't performed and yeah. he has been happy enough to just sit it out and cash the money. So if I was the director of football of any team or if I was the manager of any team, no way would I want Mesut Ozil. So it might not be a, a matter of whether he can still do it. I think it's a matter of will anyone want him? Yeah, no, good point. Fair enough. We'll see what happens with him. And uh, funny enough, in Mikel Arteta has talked about Renarsson, who's the second string goalkeeper, uh, going off on loan and picking up some more goalkeepers. This is crazy, isn't it? Arsenal, I'm, so, I'm still so upset. What is going on? <laughs> What's going on? You've, well, you I have... know you're upset because he lost Martinez, who we both really, really like. Amazing. Martinez is a superb keeper. He's having an amazing time at Aston Villa. And the stats don't lie. Villa are above Arsenal. <laughs> also, the fact is that um, when he played for Arsenal at the tail end of last season, he was brilliant. And we were winning. And you were winning. Now, I'm not saying that Leno is not good. He's a great keeper. You know, I think we both agree. But when you have a winning formula, you should stick to it. Yeah. And that's what Arsenal had. And they had a keeper who looked unbeatable. He's amazing. And he still looks unbeatable, but for a different team. Obviously, <laughs> 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 you can see the... Uh, Unhappiness, I feel about the situation. I can, yeah, I can tell. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> right. So let's let's move on from us. We go to about forever. What about your team? What what's Fulham need in this transfer window? Strikers. Okay. I think I think it's fairly clear. We did a job in our defence last time round, and we've done a good job because we were leaking goals in like nobody's business it was yeah. just ridiculous we were conceding three and four we we needed to score four to get a draw <laughs> early in the season uh now we're looking uh tough to break down yeah. anderson has come in and done very very well um i, I can't even say the other I, I, there are bio i can't even pronounce the yeah. other center half's name who came from manchester city yeah but um, if you consider, we played um, Liverpool yeah. and we only conceded uh, a penalty. Mm. Liverpool couldn't break Fulham down. Mm. One of the uh, best attacking sides in England and probably in Europe could not break us down. Yeah. Um, so Newcastle, again, um, it, it was a penalty again. Uh, so the, the goals that we've been conceding have not been from open play. Yeah, no, you've done wrong. You've done wrong. Uh, but we don't look like scoring. Mm. We're playing with Cavalero at centre forward, and he's not a centre forward. Mm. When Mitrovic plays, he just doesn't look fit. I like Mitrovic, but there's something going on there. Yeah, I don't does. know what it is. Also, I think he's lost his confidence. When was the last time he scored? Oh, you'd have to go back quite a way. Really? I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I, what, I, the championship? Has he scored in the Premier? Has he scored in the Premier? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He scored, he scored in the Premier. Um, but he's only scored about one or two. You see, the thing is, uh, was it at Sheffield? Um, he missed a penalty. Right. Uh, and then for uh, Serbia against Scotland, he missed a penalty. Right. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so his confidence is gone. Mm. He needs to score a couple of goals. You know what it's like with centre yeah, forward. Yeah. It's all about runs. If you if you're on a good run, it just seems easy. You you, you score for fun, but and the goal disappears huge. And uh, and when you're struggling to score, everything becomes difficult, and you can't even get shots on target. And the goal looks very small and the keeper looks very big. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what's happening to Mitrovic. But even, even if Mitrovic was 
on form, we would still need another striker because you can't just have one. Yeah, no, I agree. And final point is just really about the teams below you. Well, regardless of who they buy, are they, are they getting out of jail? Well, Sheffield United, I mean, I'll even say it myself. I don't, I don't, it's Mission Impossible. Get Tom Cruise on the case. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anyone who can save you now? <laughs> I mean, they're, of course, to beat Derby's uh, record, aren't they? 11 points. 11 points. 11 points. Um I would feel very sorry for Sheffield United. I don't think they deserve this. They've been in most matches. They've competed well in most matches. They haven't been slaughtered. And um, and they've lost by the odd goal on several occasions. Uh, but again, it's a matter of confidence. When you take the field thinking that whatever happens you're going to lose, you lose. And that's where... The Sheffield United players are at now. Believe it or not, I think beating Bristol Rovers away in the cup 3-2 is going to do them a power of good because they yeah. just needed to get a win. Yeah. They and... just needed to get a win. Now we shall see. I think with the uh requirement um for salvation uh, probably being so low this season. If Sheffield United managed to get a, a decent run in, they might do it. I'm not saying they will. I don't believe they will. But it's possible. It's possible. Um, but I, I, I think it's too late for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to take, well, it's going to take a lot because the teams above you, I mean, they're what, how many points they got? Two, three? I don't know how many. They've got, got two. Two points. Um, yeah, it's just they, they would need to. Well, not even, they can even triple that. They need to be getting at least double figures. Um, and after 17 games, 16, 17 games, it's going to be difficult. because well, just, gonna... If they're going to need, say, 35 points. Yeah. They yeah. still have to get 33. I mean, how many games left? How many have they played? 17? Yeah, I'm just having a look. So they have played 17 and so 21 they, left for them. and they've got 21 more games obviously there are minus 21 goal difference only west brom's got, got a bigger goal difference minus 28 um so they, that that means that uh there are 63 points available yeah so to get to 35 they they need to get 50 percent of the points available yeah i think they'll go that, down that does seem like a bit too much yeah, I don't think there'll be a last day uh, relegation. But uh, you know what always happens with these teams? Once they are officially relegated, they play with so much freedom, they start winning and start mixing everything up. <laughs> start winning and drawing in games that people think, oh, they should be getting smashed. Uh, it always happens. I I'll always remember Wigan were like that and, and, and various other teams. Um, but that, yeah, so you've got six, eleven. sorry, you've got 11. After 15 games, they've got two games in hand. Uh, Brighton are just above you with 14. So if you win at least one of your games um, and maybe get a draw, then you're sorted. Obviously, one yeah, of the but, but we need to play. We need to. Our next three games are Tottenham, Chelsea, and I believe Man U. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so by the end of that, we could be adrift. Yeah, so yeah, I'm having a look. So. Yeah, you're right. Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United, then Burnley in the uh, FA Cup. Burnley but, away. Oh, then the FA Cup. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's the FA Cup. That's at home. But yeah. then you've got Brighton. You've got a nice run then. Well, a couple of nice runs. But six pointers. You've got Brighton away. Away. West Brom away. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you must win those uh, if you've got a chance. If you beat both of them, you've definitely got a chance. Because then Brighton is the one that's really going to fall in. Um, so, yeah, we've talked about Sheffield United. Two points, unlikely. Whilst West Brom, they're not that far away. They're, they're still adrift quite a bit because you're only three points away. They're on eight points. They've been absolutely smashed by everybody, um, including Arsenal. Uh, what is this the first time that uh, our man, Mr. Big Sam Allardyce, is going to get relegated? Could well be. Um, you know, it's funny because West Brom under Billich were not playing badly. Oh. And even though they were losing, 
most matches, we saw them be close in a lot of games. Yeah. And in fact, Bilic's last game was a draw at Manchester City. Exactly. And they sacked him. Uh, and since then, to be honest, West Brom have looked awful. Yeah, they got a draw at Liverpool. Mm. They got a draw at Liverpool. Um well, they did well, especially in the second half. They were quite fortunate the first half not to concede more. Mm. But um, but since then, they got smashed by Leeds, 5-0. And there was another thrashing, wasn't there? I can't remember. Mm. Um, but, yeah, things are looking very, very tough. Very tough for West Brom. Yeah. Uh, the thing about it as well is um, the Sam Allardyce, he's, he's got his arms folded. He's not really that interested. He's sitting slouched back in his chair and he's, he's walking around like this. He, he, he just doesn't seem that interested. I've, not, I've never seen him like this before. Usually you see him barking, you see him focused. He doesn't seem that focused for me. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, probably, yeah, you're probably right. Um, it's true to say that uh, the last time I saw him, uh, they were getting beaten 5-0 by Leeds. So <laughs> maybe because of the scoreline, you know, when they were 2-3-0 down, um, uh, that stopped him from being very active on the touchline. Um, but I, I don't know. I, t t the answer to that question is I, I don't know. I, I don't believe that Sam Allardyce is the kind of man who would just give up. Yeah, well, I don't think so. Obviously, just to save face. Uh, do you, so do you think that realistically, if they buy well, that they can stay up? What's their, what's their chances at the moment? Obviously, they remember, they've, it's not just beating yourselves, again, above you. They've still got six points to make up, and they've played 17 games, just like Brighton. Um, no, I don't think West Brom will be safe. I think they'll go down. I think Sheffield United and West Brom are going to take two of the relegation spots. The third one is up for grabs, although it has someone making a very strong claim to take it. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Fulham. I'm I'm uh, ninety percent certain that we'll go down. Okay. Well, we'll see. It's between you and Brighton, and I think it'll be a final day one, to be honest. But we'll see. But uh, that, that, that's uh, that's to be seen, and we've still got quite a few games to play, so uh, it'll be a nice May situation. Hopefully, the weather'll be nice. And there'll be a nice finish to the season, so we'll see. But uh, thank you, Carlos. That was Pleasure. Nil-nil at Edgeley Park, Stockport, yeah, 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 West Ham. Yeah. It's great. I mean, you know, look, I, I wish Stockport all the best. Half-time there, I wish Stockport all the best. West Ham, obviously, um, obviously, you would have thought would come on and do strong, but you never know. It's the magic of the FA Cup, eh? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. I remember them being a league side, Stockport, not that long ago. They were in yeah. the league. Yeah, they were. Um, so many of these teams, uh, York City, have gone down. They're not even in the National League. I think they're in the Northern League now. I think wow. incredible. I, I remember seeing York City play in Division Two, wow. what is now the Championship. That's crazy. And look at them now. Yeah. It, it, yeah, the mighty have fallen. Quite a lot have fallen, unfortunately. But yeah, Stockport. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it was only what 10, 11 years ago, maybe even uh, maybe just a bit more that they were, like you said, they were up there in the league. So it's yeah. an interesting one. But I was looking um, where at. Uh, I was trying to find out where Marine were in the league, and I, I found them in the Northern uh, League Division One, uh, which is the second level of the Northern League. Right. We're not even the top division of the Northern League. And in I, I saw that in their division, uh, we have Workington, uh, who, you won't remember this, but when I was very small, they were in the Football League. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's tough, and there's obviously a combination of reasons why that happens, and that's why you got to fight tooth and nail to stay in any league. Yeah. It's a reality of the situation. So, yeah, it's all good. So, well, thank you so much. Pleasure. Uh, and uh, been a pleasure chatting about those things. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. Leave some comments for us and uh, we'll uh, come back to you. But thank you. This is the first show we've done 
uh, on a Monday. It's 8 p.m. It's going to carry on. Next Monday, I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about, about the weekend's proceedings and all of the games that are happening around us. So, uh, like I said, leave some comments. Come join us next Monday. Uh, be me and Carlos, and we, or we might bring someone else on. We'll see how we get on. But uh, thanks for watching. Um, and if you want to watch again, you can watch it on all the various channels, YouTube and everything like that, Sports Fans TV. Um, and don't forget to like and subscribe. So thank you for watching. And